Them their agents and the big chief, Graham and Gramps' story. Whenever Mom and Dad went out to a dinner dance in New York or another event, Graham and Gramp always came over and made fried fish. Now, Graham was an excellent cook, even though Grandpa Carl was the chef in the family. Her fried fish was excellent. It was a fillet of flounder coated in a thick batter. On the side, she put thick sliced potatoes sautéed with onions. It was just one of her specialties. Laura, Mike, and Kim looked forward to playing cards with their grandparents, whether it was poker or gin rummy, or Graham's famous great game, Steal the Pile. No one had ever heard of that game before, but that was Graham for you. She was always coming up with stuff that no one had heard of before, saying things in her unique way, like the story of them, their agents, as she called them. Graham had grown up on a farm in Pennsylvania in the 1920s to a farming family. Her father was a Polish coal miner, and neither of her parents spoke English. Together with her sisters, Stush and Mary, the Gungowski girls helped around the farm and sometimes also helped with illicit activities. Those were prohibition times, and it was the perfect place to run moonshine. Andrew Gungowski made a mean brew, and the girls had been given little sips to drink ever since they could remember. Grandma Frances always did have a little bit of weakness for drink. Later, she switched to gallo red wine, which she sipped all day long out of a small glass. She was always mildly drunk and jovial as she sat in her home and chain-smoked cigarettes. She smoked the really strong kind, Pall Mall. I remember years later being mad at her when she insisted on smoking around my son, Noah. But in Graham's eyes, there was nothing wrong with smoking, or perhaps she was just too addicted to smoking. As the story continued about the agents, we listened intently. Graham's father had tried to hide the stills so that the federal agents would not find them. They came close many times, but the stills were never found. When Prohibition ended, times were hard on the Gongoski family. Andrew and Catherine struggled to make ends meet. Time passed, and Grandma Frances started to work. She did washing and ironing for wealthy families in New Jersey. Back in those days, she explained, the washers were not automatic. Everything had to be hand-cranked, and the irons were used to work with coal. Life was hard, but things were going to get better soon. Frances was in her early 20s when she met a dashing young German, 10 years her senior. Carl Hall was a chef who had worked on cruise ships and told stories from around the world. One day, as he told the story, he walked into a bar and saw a beautiful girl sitting next to him. It was Frances. She was slim and looked like a movie actress in those days. He asked her out, and the rest was history. Life wasn't always easy for a German immigrant. Grandpa Carl struggled to find work as World War II raged on, and there was rampant discrimination against Germans. Somehow he always managed, though, and finally the Hall family found themselves living in the dream town of Los Angeles, California. Carl had become a movie star. He was a stand-in for the famous actor Tom Mix, a cowboy movie star. Their first daughter, Diana, was born in the City of Angels, and two other children, Carl and Stephanie, were to follow. Later, the family moved to Elmwood Park, New Jersey, where they would live out their days. They lived in a small tract home which had been built during the war for soldiers. Fortunately, it was a two-family home, and they were able to make a nice income out of it, renting out the second half of their home. In the 60s, their daughter Diane lived there with her family. Those were my first memories of living next to Graham and Gramp, and they were wonderful memories. They had a beautiful, huge garden where we would play as children, along with our dog Misty and her puppies. We helped Gramp pick plants from the garden. He used to pay us each 25 cents for the help. 
I always remember Gramps' pockets being filled with all kinds of interesting stuff, like twine or paper clips or something for the garden. They were never empty. He used to pick the plums and mash them up once or twice a year. That was an incredibly strong brew. There was always warmth and laughter in the whole household. My parents got on fairly well with them. In the beginning, it had been a little tough, since my grandmother didn't trust Italians and didn't want my mom to marry my dad. Over the years, she saw he was a dedicated father and came to love him like a son. She never would have said so, though. That's just how Grim was. She never showed emotion. It was due to her strict Polish upbringing. Graham brought some of her Polish culture to the family. We ate gołąbkis and stuffed cabbage, as well as agruki pickles. She never spoke Polish, other than a few words. She only mentioned her family very briefly, tearing up as she talked of her father playing his violin on long winter nights. In her later years, Graham always traveled with us on vacation. Growing up, she had been quite poor and never had the opportunity. Her famous saying to keep us kids quiet was, Shut up and look at the scenery. She was always quiet herself and a wonderful travel companion. I can remember many years of going down the shore to Long Beach Island, New Jersey, where we all rented a big house with our cousins. We would crab and fish and swim all day long. I remember being so mad when our parents said we had to rest in the middle of the day. The rule was no swimming after you ate. At night, Graham would boil pots of blue crabs, their red shells steaming on plates heaped with linguine, or she might make a nice clam sauce. <clears throat> My mother never ate fish or seafood, but Graham sure enjoyed cooking it. She had grown up on a farm where she learned how to slaughter an animal or kill a chicken. She was also great at putting the lobster in the pot of boiling water. I always felt sorry for the lobster. Graham's specialty was her, <coughs> her pot roast. It was amazing. So rich and aromatic, yet tender as butter when you sliced into it. She always served it with little dumplings that she handmade called spetsli. Those were nod to my grandpa Carl's German heritage. He was the chef in the family, though, and insisted on plates that were heated as well as razor-sharp knives. He said you had to use a stiel in his German accent. He loved animals and always fed the dog under the table while Graham yelled at him. He would say, the hund is hungry. They would have the same fight every time. Grandma and Gramp loved each other and got along great, even though they play fought a lot. She called him the big chief and supported him in his hobbies. He used to collect all types of rocks. We especially loved the glow-in-the-dark ones. He also used to volunteer for the Boy Scouts, and they frequently visited to see his rock collection. As a boy, he grew up on a farm in southern Germany, which would lead to a lifelong passion for gardening. He could grow just about anything. He lent his talents to a nearby historic home, the Garrison House. At Christmas time, he would dress up as the Dutch Santa Claus, Sinterklaas. He thoroughly enjoyed giving out candy and presents to the children who sat on his knee. Over time, though, he would suffer with terrible arthritis, which crippled him. He walked with two canes and spent most of the day listening to music and watching the birds. I can remember that every year at Christmas, the best present was the 20-pound bag of birdseed that we always give Gramp. I remember learning to identify cardinals and blue jays at a very early age. I love my grandparents so much. I believe they truly loved us kids too. A poor daughter of a coal miner and a German immigrant who ran away from the farm life had developed quite a nice life surrounded by family and a home they love. That will always represent hope to me 
and I think my grandparents would be quite proud of all we have achieved.